Hello, and I know you're hearing this on Radio St. Pete, and if you listen to the podcast as a whole, you're hearing me reintroduce the podcast 46 minutes in. Well, the reason we did that is because we recorded the Kawhi aspect, the Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, that giant podcast on Sunday night. Now we're finishing the last 15 minutes of this podcast, Wednesday, 6.28 p.m. on the dot, and Noah's still with me, and you know, we're going to save our football content starting for next week. Next week's when we're going to start talking college, NFL, over-unders, all the fun stuff that everyone wants to talk about, what people really care about. But this this last 15 minutes is for the nerds. It's for the people who love the rules, love the, the intricacies of how certain things are called and stuff like that. So what we're going to do is we're going to just talk about a couple things we changed, just a couple rules we'd like to change. Not... And it could be in any sports. It just happens to be that we stuck with the sports we love. Um, Noah wearing a Nebraska shirt as he went to class on Florida State's campus is always a comical thing. I love seeing people in just random shirts, university shirts, while they're attending Florida State or another university. But his is college football. I have a couple basketball ones I want to go through. But the thing that prompted this is now that the NBA Board of Governors has approved coaches' challenges in the NBA. And instead of, you know, them throwing a flag on the floor, it's you call a timeout, a legal timeout, you do the circle, the review circle, and then the play gets reviewed. It's two point, three point field goals, shot clock violations, um, like just I should probably read it, be a lot better. Um, personal fouls, out yeah. of bounds plays, goaltending or uh, basket interference. Yes. And this is a great change because now it gives the coaches a little more say in what they want to do. It can happen anytime, but you're risk, risking a timeout. If you don't have any timeouts, then te- you technical foul called, Chris Webber all over again, and you don't you, the challenge is null and void. So I'll, the goaltending thing is a very quick segue. I'll talk one, you talk one, and then we'll go back and forth like that. 15 minutes, about 14 minutes now. So one I would do is pretty simple, and it's already in every single basketball league in the world except for America, United States. Goaltending. In the United States, NBA, and just our organization of basketball as a whole, if the ball is in the cylinder and you touch it offensively or defensively, it's goaltending. In FIBA, which is the Federation of International Basketball Association, they, I don't know if it's federal, let's just go with that. Um, they have a rule where if the ball is in the cylinder, a player can go and grab it. Not out of the hoop. Slight interjection, just so people know what the cylinder is. That's just a, if you're looking directly above the rim, the ball is still in that circle that the rim creates. Yes. I know a lot of people sometimes get confusion on what the cylinder means exactly, because I just think of it as a big ring. (laughs) Yeah. If the ball is, any part of the ball is still in the circle that is where the hoop would fall. That's the best way I can describe it after Noah, just to add on to that. So in FIBA, you can, in the Olympics playing all this stuff, you can grab the ball off the cylinder, off of the rim. Say the ball's hanging, a bounce takes a high bounce and just hanging there. A player can go grab it instead of sitting around like a bunch of little kids waiting for something, like waiting for the ice cream truck, waiting for the ball to come down from the cylinder and grab the rebound or do whatever they need to do with it. That's just a quick rule. I feel like it makes sense to you know bring Amer- bring the United States and the NBA with the global game and it's a cool aspect of it because then we don't get all these little tedious you know goaltending basket interference violations so that's my little um, riff about that Noah if you have anything to add on that if you do let's continue the conversation if not then let's go to college football the world of college football 
or wherever you want to take us. The only thing I got to add to that is it would just allow the athleticism that the NBA players have to just go up and get the ball and put it back down on the put it back down, whether it's offensively and they're putting the ball back uh, in the hoop and it just is like all right, best player, smartest player that was in best position can get the rebound, and then most the best athlete can try to go up and get the rebound Um, because there were a lot of times this playoffs where that call kind of swung games back and forth and Mm -hmm. I was watching with people and I go hey that's goaltending and they go how's that goaltending like it hit the rim and this and that I go it's still above and whether I agreed with the rule I understood the rule and that's why it was called Mm -hmm. I didn't think that it should have been that way because it seems more natural to just like once it hits the rim once to just let it get put back down but at the same time what would that have done to the Kawhi Leonard shot that happened against the Sixers? That's the thing. It would if there's a chance the it would have got blocked. The world, you know. Yeah, the thing is, the thing about that is, is then do you then do you then try to um, find a specialist whose job is literally the second that ball goes is up in the rim, you're going to knock it out. But then. If you do that and you mistime it, then it's an offensive rebound right there to put back. Like, there's a lot of different ways with it. But I didn't even think about the Kawhi aspect of it, that shot. And you're right. It may take that shot away. But Yancey, yeah, yet, yet, that would that would have changed the whole course of where the NBA is at right now. Mm-hmm. If that shot doesn't go down, if the Sixers somehow beat the Raptors in that series, a lot who of knows stuff if changes. Kawhi's on the Clippers? Who, that would have changed the entire NBA. Golden State, I mean, it's, there's a lot. I mean, Al Horford may not be on the Celtics. Jimmy Butler may have gone seven games against Milwaukee and said, you know what, I want to be here. I want to run this back. Milwaukee could have won the title. There's a lot of different ways. That's a great angle to think about. But, you know, here's the thing. Would you rather have a cleaner game, a more fluent game, where there's not these calls? Or would you rather have how it is right now and then, you know, that one – and then keep – Keep this one moment locked in the wave. Like that one moment, I feel like stands out more than anything. But you know, it is. That's a great point, man. I can't get over that. Great job. Yeah. Thank Good you. job by Thank you. you. Thank you. All right, you ready to rant? <laughs> Pat myself on the back right there. <laughs> you ready to rant about some college football? Yeah. Uh, pretty much always, but not the, fir- right not now, the first. Not the Not the first time you've ranted about this on this podcast either. Really? Huh. That doesn't surprise me. Um, not like, rule change, not like, go ahead, sorry. The rule change that I would go with is, okay, let me compare it to the NFL. In the NFL, for instant replay, everyone agrees that instant replay enhances the game until it draws the game out too long to where you're just like, all right, can I just watch the game or can I just play the game? Like, just let the call be what it is. Um, but in the NFL, unless if the coaches get two challenges – correct yes okay and those challenges can be used at any time except under two minutes under two minutes of the half it has to go from the booth down yes the the other official has to call it down that's not how it works in college football and it's probably my biggest gripe with college football is i've watched college football games where they're the refs just aren't like as confident in what they're doing it seems like at times and they will just there'll be a play it might the ball may it may have been called a catch when it wasn't a catch it may have been a fumble when it wasn't a, or if turnovers are different but mainly catches 
that are irrelevant. Like I've seen five yard out routes that have been called a catch that were not a catch get sent up to that get buzzed down immediately because in college football, the coaches can can they challenge? Coaches so, can right? challenge. Yeah, I think they get yes. one challenge, and then if that's successful, then I think they get another. But there's no reason for them to challenge because everything gets reviewed anyway. Exactly, but it slows down everything, and literally everything gets reviewed. The amount of times I've watched college football games, and it's been the most irrelevant five-yard pass that does not change the course of the game in the middle of the second quarter. Like, just let the call be what it is. They only need one foot in bounds. If it's a turnover play, for sure, review it, because that changes the whole course of the game. But if it's just a basic play, either let it get played out or put it on the coaches to challenge the play. But there's way too, many, too, way too much start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. And, like, even at FSU games when um, – like when I wasn't a trainer and I was in the stands, like I would get annoyed. I'm just like, dude, it's hot out here. I'm burning up. They don't <laughs> let me bring my water bottle in because it's metal and it's too, and you know, liquids and all that. And I'm just like, dude, it's hot. And then we're just delaying the game another 30, 45 minutes because of stupid reviews that have that have no sub- substance to the game. Um, so if I were to change one thing, I would say make it more towards the NFL geared than the, than how they have it now so that it doesn't take so much time out of the game. Because NFL games, like NFL Sundays, are very consistent with their time. Mm-hmm. As in three hours. games start at 1 o'clock Eastern. They're going to be three hours. We're going to have the afternoon games kicking off at 4.05, 4.25, and there's going to be very little overlap unless if a game goes to overtime. But but who's complaining about free football? Not not me. Mm-mm, not Ty. But I'm complaining. I'm complaining about prolonged football. Like I don't want a football game to feel like a long baseball game. Mm-hmm. I want the action. Like people go, oh, it's too long, too much time in between plays. And I go, yeah. When they're reviewing everything, I bet it feels that way. Mm-hmm. So and then again, it would make coaches be a little bit smarter with what they do. It would force coaches to make their players play smarter instead of just being like, hey, do this, do this, do this. They might actually teach them the game the game a little bit more because there are a lot of times that they just ploy these athletes out there because they're just crazy, raw athletes, mm-hmm. but they don't truly understand the game. Yeah. Uh, so how much, would, that's my biggest gripe. How much do you think that is with... How much do you think that has to play in with the targeting role? the extended of this because if you if you if there's any question your head is down or you hit some a defensive receiver they're going to the review they're going and the fact that that's one that's one that that's like a whole 45 minute discussion the other side of the discussion is how is we have all the technology and someone just can't walk out with the tablet nfl starting to do it a little more just walk up walk out in the middle of the field with the tablet it's this goes for the nba too you don't need a thousand thousand angles you don't. You see it twice. You see it three times. You check the time. You move on. It's the same thing with football. But how much do you think the targeting is to play with the extendedness, extending of the games? Because one more quick thing, sorry, is that I know that there's first, they stop the clock for first downs, which prolongs the game a little bit. There's a lot more touchdowns and scoring in this game. The play clock's um, not is, is shorter. There's more passing in college. So I feel like those are factors. But there is a but there is constant complaining about the refereeing and the way they do things in college. Well, the, the, I don't get me wrong. I'm not ever going to complain about them trying to make the game safer for player safety because 
they don't teach tackling as they used to, and there's a lot of spearing that goes on with the targeting. But, man, at some time, you just got to make the call. That I just hate that the targeting rule is so dumb in college football because you get called for targeting. They can't find these players like they do in the NFL. So what they do instead is if you get a targeting in the first half, okay, you're kicked out the next half. You can, you're done for the game. If you get targeting, there have been players that have gotten targeting calls in the third and fourth quarter of bowl games, like irrelevant <laughs> bowl games. And then they have to miss the first half of the season opener. They're suspended the first half of the season opener because of the targeting call the year before. That is so dumb. That is so dumb. I mean, I man, there's the targeting rule in general needs to go. It NF it needs to go, but but we don't have that many. We don't have that many. We don't have enough time to dive. I feel like next week we need to bring some positivity to the college football discussion because we've been, we've been going for a couple months. We've just been ragging on with the pay with all that stuff. NCAA football, but um, all right, we have a couple minutes. Just very, I just very very quickly want to touch on these two NBA rules that go hand in hand. First one is the continuation rule. And um, you see a lot of clear path fouls. And clear path foul is, so say I'm on a fast break and the def- say, Noah, you're guarding me. I'm on a fast break and I have a clear path to the foul. Clear path to the basket. You reach out. You foul me. I get to, I get a free throw in the ball. That's the new rule. I'm saying to keep the flow going, do it, do, try to find a way like there is in soccer. where the If, if it's just a cheap foul like that where you're stopping the, a fast break, no. Let the player keep going. The referee at the referee's discretion. The player keeps going. We have these continuation rules when it comes to shots, where if the player was in a shooting motion before or after the contact, the referee can then say it's a shooting foul or not. Do the same thing with this. Except if it's not a shooting foul, let him get the let him get the free points because all it, it keeps the speed of the game going and a lot of stuff like that. The other one I want to quickly bring up is, and we have we have about a minute or two to let you get the little feedback back. Is let's bring back hand checking. Everyone talks about the 90s in the hand checking. A defender may, may not place and keep his hand on an opponent unless he is in the area near the basket with his back to, or with his with with his back to the basket. You can touch him anywhere as long as not impede their movement. And I hear forever from old NBA's man, this there's no physical contact in this. Yeah, you go have fun watching people walk at a snail's pace, play no defense, and score 70 to 70 to 85. You have fun. I'll take the 120s, the 115s with these skilled players. But just to prove it, I think once in one. Once a night, one game throughout the season, bring the hand-checking rules back. Just just as a test, even in summer league and preseason, let's just see what this group of crop of players will look like with hand-checking. And interested to hear what you have to say about that. I think it would just eliminate all the BS, like foul shooting fouls in particular that are called just like, because I hate, I hate, like, I know it's a part of the game and it's a strategy, but I hate when there are players that have the ball and then they'll duck, duck under and then they'll shoot up and then they'll shoot and then they get three free throws just off that. I know that's not necessarily hand check, but I think it would just make, I, I think it will show who's really got the best. Like, we don't see those jawing aspects that used to happen in the 90s, late 80s, early, or like all Good. in the 2000s basketball, 20, 20 you know, like back and forth jawing on the court, which it doesn't necessarily need to be that intense, mm-hmm. but I would like to see the fire and rage sometimes that could come with like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to let you just get to the hole mm-hmm. so quick, so easily. And then it might, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll make players play smarter instead of just like, 
as, as I respect James Harden's play, but like he he's the master, just driving to the hole, getting a, just one getting one hand check, getting the foul, and getting two free throws, mm-hmm. and then he shoots ninety percent from the free throw line. And of course, he's just going to drain both of those most of the time. Yeah, I the main thing with the hand checking is that these guys can't survive hand checking. These guys can't do this. They can't do that. Do you know? And they kind of they try to like discredit it with LeBron. Do you know? Are you are people aware LeBron six eight two seventy two seventy five on a good day when he was at his peak Miami? He was two seventy five. You think there's anyone in the eighties that are? You think Byron Russell is going to stop him? You think Gary Payton? Come on, that's the thing that bothers me about this. Let's just they need see body checks to stop LeBron. Yeah, and you still can't stop him. You no one can stop LeBron. Prime Shaq, maybe. It's it's just there's just a bunch of stuff, um, but that's all the time we have for today. I don't know how. I think we covered all the things we want to cover. From am I correct? Did you have any more written down? If you want to just quickly uh, summarize. No, no. We got the rule. We got my rant on college football. We got the new coaches challenge. We went over the NBA hand check, soccer continuation, and the over the rim balance. So we covered it, bro. The only thing I would say about all rules is please make colleges exactly like pros. Please, please, just just the rules, just like the basics of it. The college college basketball is moving a three point line back. Still not to the NBA level, but still is it's further back. College football, you get one foot in bounds. I can't stand that personally. I don't know how you feel. I hate it. Make it two feet. Groom them to make the pro product better. Just, just a quick thought. Um, don't know if, if you. I'll let you quickly um, rebuke they're, that. They're students, bro. They're they're not there to be the make it to the pros. They're there to be student oh athletes. My God, you need to understand that student first, athlete second, not alphabetical order. Student <laughs> then athlete, GPA then weight room. Uh, well, hopefully next week we have some positivity towards the college sport sporting landscape. I don't know if we will. Shout out to Cabin Gelly and Terrence Mann who are balling on the Clippers right now. They are monsters on the Summer League. Terrence Mann was, I think, an assist shy of a triple-double. Come on. Man and Cabin Galley, you got a Clippers fan in me. You may get jerseys. There's a very oh, good I'm, chance. I'm definitely getting one of them. All right, you get Man, I get Cabin Galley. We get the jerseys. That works for me. All right, we'll, get, well, we'll have some jerseys. We'll get some Clippers-style merchandise going to color-wise. Don't want, don't want to um, cross any trademarks or all that stuff. But all right, Noah... My man, got this done Wednesday evening. You have yourself a phenomenal weekend. Thank you, thank you. Going to go start it off with some hot yoga. So You're doing hot yoga. It. I'm picking up the old Broheim who's in town before he moved to the great outback. Golfing, family time, always great. Hey, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for checking us out on the Northern A Pod, on the Northern A Pod Network, and the Radio St. Pete Network.